episode may contain language or discussions that may be offensive or triggering. Refer to the episode summary for details. Welcome to On Her Terms. Uh, I am your host, Charlene Ketchum, and I am joined today by my cousin and my bestie, uh, Tiffany Hogan, uh, who is host of Bad Moms Village podcast, uh, bad as in busy, accomplished, and dedicated. She's also an attorney and real estate professional and my cousin, uh, and also my bestie, Lauren Spearman, who is the host of the Check on Your Strong Friends podcast. Lauren is also a motivational speaker and advocate, and both of these ladies are awesome, awesome, awesome sauce, and we all are launching or have launched podcasts this year. So this is the first time you all are hearing from me, uh, but I wanted to invite my friends uh, because we've launched, I think Lawrence was in October and then, or no, Lawrence was in September and Tiffany's was in October, back to back podcast. And so I thought it was, this was the perfect opportunity for the three of us to get together and chat about our motivations, how 2020 has been for us our motivations for starting these podcasts, and what our vision is for 2021. Uh, So since you launched yours first, Lauren, uh, let's, we'll start with, with how has 2020 been for you? 2020 has been a roller coaster ride. At the start of it, uh, when we lost Kobe Bryant, it was like we lost a family member. And then I actually lost two close family members, Um, subsequently after that, then I lost two spiritual fathers. So it started for me as the year of loss. Mm -hmm. Um, I also lost a relationship. So yeah, it, it started for me in a way that I was like a twilight zone. And when I got furloughed from my job in May, that was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. At that point, I was just like, okay, there's nothing more for me to lose. But what happened was I was a guest on a podcast back in February and that podcaster ended up reaching out to me and saying, you know, you've been on my heart. You've been on my spirit for a while. You did so great in that interview. You should start your own podcast. And I'll admit I had doubt because even though I teach and speak about the bread aisle theory that, you know, you could walk to the bread aisle and Sarah Lee's making money, Bunny Bread's making money, yeah. Colonial's making money. Mm-hmm. So don't be discouraged, you know, mm-hmm. if if you're in an oversaturated market. I teach that, but my first initial response was, everybody has a podcast. And why would anybody listen to me? <laughs> so I had to, you know, I ran from it for a little bit, but, um, you know, different people just kept mentioning to me about podcast, podcast, podcast. So I said, okay, I'm going to do it took a workshop and it just kind of blossomed from there. You know, God gave me the name and the concept and check on your strong friends simply came from a place of seeing a lot of people in leadership and a lot of affluent people commit suicide. Um, Even as much as, you know, in the St. Louis area, we've heard the other day about the attorney from Brown and Brown. So when I saw that pattern, I was like, okay, what is going on where people who seemingly have it all, keep committing suicide and check on your strong friends was born because I realized that a lot of times the people who seem to have it all together that everybody depends on that everybody doesn't think to check on are the ones who need checking on the most yeah absolutely yeah Tiffany 
2020. Well, Lauren, don't feel bad at all about running for a few months because I ran for my, for three years. <laughs> so um, the way that Bad Moms Village came about was because I have an almost three-year-old and my pregnancy was a surprise, um, not a surprise in the sense that it happened because we're all adults. We know how it happens, <laughs> but we were not planning. Um, and so at the time, I was just completely like, what do I do with this parenting thing? Because I had decided I was just going to be the cool auntie. In fact, I was preparing to move back to Georgia because I was still living out in the Midwest at the time. Um, so did not have a job, didn't have a doctor back in Georgia, any of that, and just got thrown into it all at once. So I had to try to figure out how, what does parenting look like for me? Because I knew there were certain things that I wanted to do if I ever did have children that wasn't necessarily traditionally the way that it had been done in my family, not necessarily the way that I had seen some friends do it. And so started looking at information. It's just overwhelming what's out there. Made the mistake of joining some of the parenting boards on Facebook and following some other things on other social media pages. And my goodness, people can be extremely judgmental <laughs> and some of the things that you read is like, okay, do I need to go sit in time out in the corner now as the parent? Because I just feel like I was just shunned by everybody. So I wanted to create a safe, safe space for uh, moms in particular who are out here being career professionals or stay at home moms to be able to get some questions answered that you may be embarrassed to ask or that you don't have a family history to follow up on. And you just want a safe place to feel like you can discuss with girlfriends and get some good answers and reliable resources. So that's how Bad Moms Village um, was formed over three years of jotting down ideas about topics. And then at the beginning of this year, I just felt like, like Lauren had a year of loss, but I felt like at the beginning of the year, I was just in a place where I didn't have a whole lot of clarity. I started a new job a couple of years ago. Absolutely love it, but it still felt like something was missing. And so COVID actually for all of the negative things that it's done, and I don't take any of that away from anyone, has actually been a pretty positive place for me because it allowed me the opportunity to sit still and to listen and to think and write some things through. And then I had a great friend that said, look, you have all these ideas. What are you doing? Make something happen. And she actually gave me a deadline that was not very long at all. And she said, launch it. And so Bad Moms Village was launched. And here we are. And I remember when you texted me and you said you'd had that meeting and your friend told you, get get on it, get on yep. it. And I think it was a few weeks later. And you it was. And you, you it, had was the... <laughs> it was seriously like, I think September, because it was, it was funny. She asked me to take a look at something for her. And so when I looked at it, she's just been doing all these amazing things over the past few years. Um, her name's Petrina, and she is a golf coach. Um, so she has formed a group for women to teach them about business golfing, which is amazing. That's how she and I actually initially met. But then she's done all these other amazing things. And she was actually preparing this other project that was related to kids. And so she wanted some input from my nieces and my son. Um, and when I sent it back to her, sent their feedback, I was like, you know, you're so amazing. I'm just so amazed that all these things that you do and you step out on faith and just go for it. 
and I've honestly been afraid to do it. And she said, say no more. When are you free to talk next week? We're getting together. And seriously, the very next week, and this was September, we met and she said, you already have all the ideas. You already have the outline. You just need some help figuring out how to execute it. I've done a podcast before. Let me tell you what you need to do. And we had a meeting each week leading up to the launch. And she made me commit to a launch date. <laughs> that yeah. was seriously, I think it was like five weeks. Um, and so we launched on October 15th. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, and I think what's, what's so inspiring and, and just gives me warm fuzzies about this is, you know, a lot of times we talk so much about the the darker side of this year, you know, and, and like you said, Tiffany, it's not to diminish that, you know, because that's all part of the journey too. you know, these those those valleys, they're part of it, too. You know, but at the same time, there's been some amazing rebirths and transformations this year. And mm-hmm. seeing the work that, you know, both of you two did and just the courage, you know, and the investment, you know, and being willing to put yourself out there, you know, prior to this year, I never did Zoom. Really? Still, yeah, I've still never gone live on Facebook. I've oh still God. never gone live on anything. Still never gone live. Don't intend to. No. <laughs> um, you see, we're pre-recording this. Um, I, I do Zooms only because of COVID, you know, because of the meetings at work. But whenever mm-hmm. possible, I have a little photo that stays on the screen. They only see me. That They only see me when I have to be seen. Mm-hmm. So it's just I've never really been a fan of, of that. And I didn't really think you could engage with people that way and mm-hmm. feel feel energy that way. But during COVID, I've had to, I learned I need hugs. I need to see people's faces and smiles. Yes. And this is a way to, to be able to do that, especially back in March and April, you know, during mm-hmm. the stay at home orders, this was the only way to see people. And I was still resistant. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it was because I was kind of frustrated you know, that this is, this is what we have to do. So I was like, I ain't doing no Zoom video calls with people. We ain't talking <laughs> on the phone. I'm like, hey, this, this is not socializing. You know, people were scheduling happy hours and like. And see, I absolutely love it. So I've been trying to tell people all my life that I'm actually an introvert and nobody wanted to believe me. You They're say that. You right say, now. I know you say that. <laughs> I am an introvert. This has been glorious for me because <laughs> I'm always usually so busy, whether it was with career, nonprofit commitments, family commitments, mm-hmm. whatever. I wasn't even sitting in this house that I'm paying a mortgage on monthly, you know, at mm-hmm. one point, which is probably why I was feeling so confused at the beginning of the year. I felt like my son was spending more time with the nanny last year than he was with me at times. And I'm like, that's not okay. This Uh is his formative years. Yes, I want to get back into my grind. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, my son is my top priority right now. Everything else has to take a backseat. So I actually had started like blocking off time in my calendar and stuff. But it makes it so much easier for me now because my job requires that I cover such a large territory within our division That's why he was spending so much time at the nanny because I was traveling for meetings or for hearings or whatever. Mm -hmm. I can do those by Zoom now. And then when I want to have interaction with friends and stuff, 
FaceTime, Zoom, Google Duo. And maybe it was more natural for us too, because since I lived in the Midwest and my family was here, like when my nieces were born, we used FaceTime a lot for them Mm -hmm. to know my face and everything. And we do the same with my son, because even though my family is in Georgia, we live in different parts of the state. And so like every night, my parents like to be able to tell him good night and he and my dad want to talk about tractors at the end of every night. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they could do that on Google Duo and share videos and stuff. So, you know, it had always been a daily thing for us. But yeah, I absolutely love it. So friends, I apologize in advance if I start turning down <laughs> your invitations when the world opens back up. Like, <laughs> I'm still cool with Zoom happy hours, though. <laughs> I've gotten, I've gotten used to it. I've gotten used to them. And Lauren, I think you've been always been kind of active on social media and how did you adjust to the zoom social world I'm kind of in the middle because okay. I'm an I'm an ambivert so during the stay-at-home order I was like your cousin I was like this is perfect for me because now my introvert you know side of me can you know, retreat and I can catch up on my shows that I haven't seen in forever and binge watch and, um, you know, be with the kids like Tiffany. So I think at the first part of it, I was super excited and elated, but then I got to be like you, Shar, where I'm like, uh, uh-uh. I need hugs. I need interaction. Like this cannot be life. So I started like sneaking out little by little to like intimate social distancing events with masks on. And so that's how I kind of got my fix. Um, but Zoom itself, as far as interviews, I absolutely love it because most of the time I'm sitting in a chair. I don't have to have on my shapewear, my spank that's suffocating mm-hmm. me under my dress. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> I can have on pajama bottoms if I want to. I right. don't have to have on heels. My feet are free. So yeah. <laughs> that part of it is like, yes, I, as long as I look and sound professional from the top up, we are good. Right. <laughs> I may or may not have on pajama bottoms right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is this is I mean, this is absolutely perfect for that. For that, and you know what's funny is I've always been more of an introvert mm-hmm. in terms of you know I'm social because I when I need to be and I, I enjoy being around people, but I value more one on one connections. And you know when you're mm-hmm. at a big event, you can't really have that. And then people are acting for the most part. Oh that, yes, you know, and I just I don't want to do that. You know, is I I do it at work, and so I don't want to do that when I'm not at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, even social gatherings for work, it's like, okay, I can do this for a little bit. Now I'm tired. You know, I want to go and do mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think that might have been with the stay at home orders and us doing Zoom and, and remote working via video. Like I, I've worked remotely for a long time, but now with everyone doing it, it's like that line is blurred between work and home. Mm-hmm. And I had to get used to that because I'm a, I was uncomfortable with it. Uh, because I need it to be separate. Like, I don't necessarily need you to to see my happy, because I'm big on energy, you know, and so after some calls and talk, dealing with some people, I got to burn my sage, because it's like, <laughs> I got to get this out of here, for real, you know, it's like, this is normally energy and conversations I'm not having at home, and it's it's more real when it's on the screen, and you can see the person, and, and the mm-hmm. body language, and all of that, so there are pros and cons to it. Like you said, Tiffany, I, I have enjoyed 
being able to see my friends and, you know, people that I haven't, I haven't seen in months, not in real, like not in real life. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen them or touched them, but to be able to see them on screen makes a difference. Like I haven't seen you since last year. Was it last year? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we've like, talked and text a lot, but yeah, we hadn't really done any FaceTime or anything. We talked about doing the wine thing, which we still need to do, but <laughs> yeah, I've adjusted. I'm, I'm, adju- I'm doing dinners now on Zoom. Like we what? had dinner. <laughs> yes, yeah, like straight up chowing down with friends and everything. Yeah. And I don't get dressed and, and do anything fancy. It's like we just, it's, I, I've gotten used to it because it's, it's the mm-hmm. new normal, but. I think it's helped us stay more connected. Yes. That was what really inspired me to want to do on her terms, uh, the podcast and YouTube show, because this year, like, like Tiffany, this year wasn't, I'm an empath. So I was more impacted by what other people were experiencing versus Mm -hmm. what I was experiencing personally. Uh, For me personally, this year has been phenomenal for personal development and just having some honest talks with myself, mm-hmm. doing that check in and saying, you know, this is where you want it to be now. And this is where you want to be in the future. OK, what are we doing to get there and being real honest about myself? And I made lists. I'm big on lists and making plans. And I understand that plans change. But I also understand that if you don't even start planning, you know, you're setting yourself up for failure and disappointment. Yeah, right. So this year mm-hmm. provided an amazing opportunity for me and on her terms is actually a companion uh, to She Confidential. She has an S-H-E, sheconfidential.com. And that's the blog. And on that blog, uh, there will be resources and articles that stem from each of the podcasts and YouTube show conversations. Uh, So for example, you know, we've got uh, upcoming episodes about, you know, how to develop financial plans, wellness, how to deal with trauma, how to improve your body image so you can have better uh, sexual health, uh, more confidence about your body. Uh, How do Black men and women protect each other better? You know, Mm -hmm. for each of those podcast episodes, there's going to be additional supplements on the She Confidential website. So I'll have additional articles, uh, possibly different new interviews, uh, resource resource sheets and everything. So they'll work together because you can only cover so much. Y'all know you can only cover so much in your podcast episode. And so I have been running into that with the last couple of episodes that I recorded. I'm like, okay, this is great. The information is great, but. I feel like we need to go for like another half hour at least. And so I've been thinking about how to deal with that. Do I bring some of the guests back, you know, as recurring guests? Um, Because I had not initially planned to do a blog component with mine, but now because exactly what you're saying, I am considering it now adding that to the business plan because in a sense, I feel like we're kind of cheating my listeners a little bit with them not being able to get more of the conversation from my guests. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many ways you can go with with these discussions. And mm-hmm. a big part of uh, my motivation for this was, you know, I've been trying to do things to empower and, and bring women together since I was a teenager. Uh, when I was 18, 19. You do. Uh, <laughs> You've been to some of some of the things. See, Tiffany's mm-hmm. lived away, so she hasn't hasn't been part of uh, most of those things. And then during the years of law school and everything, we didn't do anything because we were depressed and just you know right. 
law school. The dark years. The dark years. But um but when I was 18, 19, I was working at Children's Hospital. I was going to school full time and I worked in the writing center part time. So I had three major commitments and I had a boyfriend. So and it was a serious, steady relationship. So I had four major commitments and I worked with all these women and how these friends who were just stressed. And so this is around this time of year because my first get together was in November. I said, we need to have a relaxation party. And so I decided we're on an adult slumber party. So I rented a hotel suite and this was done in collaboration with my best friend, Tanya, um, who passed away years ago, but Tanya was the, the brains behind this um, because she was amazing at planning parties and was just much more outgoing than I was. And so we got this hotel suite and I charged, I think I charged everybody $25 or $30. My mom cooked all the food. Uh, me and Tanya went and got the liquor. At the time, like I said, it was 18, 19. So Tanya had to get the liquor. <laughs> and we went to the, the adult stores and bought all these toys and lube and tiles, after sex tiles, all this real fun stuff. And so the ladies came to the, the party and I only invited 10 or 12 women because I wanted mm-hmm. it to be an intimate gathering. And so you came in, we collected your keys and we played games. You ate, you drank as much as you wanted. I hired a stripper. Uh, the man came, he danced for us and <laughs> played more games. You won your prizes. And one of the, the women won the vibrator. That was the grand prize. And she didn't know what it was. And she's like, oh. I don't. and this lady had been married for a long time. Oh, had, you know. <laughs> what is this? And she said, well, I don't want that. And at the time I, I didn't even own a vibrator. I knew what it was, but I didn't own one. And I was like, well, okay, I'll keep it. But Tanya was like, no, you need telling her, you need to keep this. And so it led to this conversation about just satisfaction with, with mm-hmm. intimacy with our partners. And I was shocked because I was 19. So I was, you know, new to all of this. And I just assumed that women who were older than me, especially married women, were having amazing sex lives. No. And that was not what was discussed. There are women that have never had an orgasm and don't know how to tell their partners to please yes. them. That is that is what unfolded. And I remember thinking, you know, on top of us carrying our families, our churches, our jobs, you know, the entire community, we can't even beyond, we, we don't even have the space, you know, or the threshold to learn about ourselves. And it's just, it really made me sad, you know, because I was just like, you know, women, we, a lot of us are so unfulfilled and then we don't even know it. We know something's missing. Something's not quite all there that I'm missing out on something, but I don't really know what it is. And there's a lot of shame in terms of talking about that to other women, because, I've probably only got two friends. Tanya was one that I would have talked to about my sex life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, is there a shame attached to it? Or are you here, you know, you don't tell other women your business. Don't talk about your man to other women and all those things. And so I decided we need to do more of these. Mm-hmm. And so we started having more of those get togethers where we could just share and create that safe space. I think you're about to say something to me. And I think that's awesome because, uh, yeah, I think that's awesome because 
I think more so than just women in general, I think in the Black community, there are so many more topics that are taboo. And there are certain mm-hmm. things that we'll actually be having an up- upcoming episode called Things My Mom Didn't Say. Um, mm-hmm. Because there are so many things that our mothers don't pass along to us. And it's not necessarily their fault. It's because it wasn't passed along to them. Yes. And with certain things like sex, your cycle, mm-hmm. um, vaginal health, yes. all of that is seen mm-hmm. as keep it a secret. Mm-hmm. You just need to, you know, take care of it yourself and don't talk to anybody about that because we don't talk about those things. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's actually one of the ways that going to predominantly white colleges and law schools actually helped me a little bit because I was exposed to other cult- cultures form bonds with these other women and they were open. And they are free. open. Yeah. <laughs> Much more I was open. Like, what? We talking about that today? And you t- it takes you aback. It's like, how were you raised? <laughs> like I remember thinking that so many times. Like, how who raised you? Like, who's talking about that? <laughs> yeah. But then I realized like that was commonplace for them to have mm-hmm. those conversations and to feel confident in their sexuality and in their womanhood and to have those conversations. And I'm like, I started talking to some of my close friends from home and stuff. And they're like, yeah, my mama didn't, you know, she didn't even talk to me about my first cycle. She was like, here's some pads, here's some tampons, go do your thing, you know? And that seemed to be overwhelmingly a lot of our experiences. So I think it's great when you can create a safe place where we can have those conversations and they're organic and they are, um, they're welcome. You know, there's Mm -hmm. no judgment. Ask the questions. I would much rather, you know, it's like a kid, um, you know, there's a lot of debate about children entering puberty earlier these days because of the hormones and food and stuff. So you begin to have to have the debate. Do I have to talk to my child at 11 or 12 about sex because they're now looking more mature? So it's, it's like that, you know, you would rather them get the information from you knowing that it's credible information, it's the right information than right. from getting it from someone on the street. And, you know, your girlfriends are the same way. Like, girl, I want you to know that if you have an issue with BV, it's not something you're doing, it's your pH. Let's talk right. about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and we don't, you know, and I and I get that, that reluctance to initiate those conversations, the place that that comes from. And that's why it's also important for us to talk within our community, because there's a lot of history, you know, that is that impacts those conversations, because it's, you know, for black girls, it, it all with black girls and women, we have, our bodies have always been scrutinized. Our bodies have mm-hmm. never been safe, mm-hmm. They've never fully belonged to us. Mm-hmm. A lot of those conversations are taboo because our moms have, even if it's not on a conscious level, you know, right. they've always been trying to, you know, keep us away from that womanhood, keep us as little girls as long as possible, because then maybe those bad people won't look at you. They won't target you. And so it's been a, a it's a need of protection and preservation of that innocence that has led to that reluctance of having those conversations. But it's great that we as, as women and as peers can start to say, hey, girl, um, this is going on. Is this weird? Is this normal? What? Right. You know, with, without giving each other the side eye. And I'll tell it's taken some time for me to get comfortable with having those conversations. <laughs> um, it's helped that I've always had friends who were the, 
the yang to my yin, you know, <laughs> they were always the more outgoing partner for me. And I've been able to bounce things and kind of let their energy fuel me and also help me feel more comfortable and, and less mm-hmm. uh, very, I'm very self-conscious. And so having a different friend, circle of friends, variety in that has really helped me with that self-consciousness. And so I went from having those parties to then having, you know, different events with my girls. And recently I started the Purple Sisterhood, which is like my secret girls friend group. And we were, and Lauren's been part of some of those activities and and just even us encouraging each other in our little secret Facebook page uh, has been helpful. And so this year I was thinking, you know, we can't get together. The sisterhood can't get together. And we had all these plans for this year. And I started thinking, you know, I've had this such a diverse uh, professional career at this point. I'll be 40 in December. And I feel like I've changed careers several times. You know, I've worked in medical publishing for nearly 20 years. And I worked in hospital settings, not as a clinician, but alongside the clinicians. And then working in the legal profession at a not-for-profit and family law and juvenile law. And now working in state government. I've been a a solo practitioner, entrepreneur, where I didn't eat unless I worked and was able to build some hours, you know, Mm -hmm. so I've worked in every sector. Uh, I've done a lot of, a lot of different things and been exposed to a lot of different things professionally. And what that has done for me is exposed me to a lot of different women and a lot of smart women and a lot of resourceful women uh, and a lot of them, black women. And so I was thinking about what do I want to do with all that? Because we're here in 2020 with everyone struggling with with COVID, with economic crisis, uh, with all of the social issues, the racial inequities that continue to prevail in this country and this huge sense of hopelessness. And I'm a big believer, you know, in how energy fuels us and can change us and drive us. I was like, what can I contribute? right now that will fuel more power, you know, and more intention and positivity behind this Mm -hmm. energy. You know, I don't want people to feel hopeless. Mm -hmm. I want people to know that they have power in them and that they have a force for good and for change, but we have to be intentional. We have to be collective. And it starts with women. You know, there's this myth that's perpetuated that black women don't get along and like each other. That's not true. Not true. It's like, the first time I met Lauren, I was like, because Lauren actually used to work with my sister. Yes. And so I borrowed her from my sister. <laughs> and the first time I met Lauren, I was like, oh my gosh, I just saw she this glow around this woman. And I latched on to her. And it's, you know, you meet people like that. And it's, I've never had a problem with giving another woman props. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, and so I, that's not my experience. And I recognize that that's not the case for everyone, but I wanted to provide a platform, you know, to be able to highlight issues that impact our community, specifically Black women, and talk about, you know, how can we be empowered to address these things? How can we mm-hmm. be empowered to create more wealth, you know, mm-hmm. for our children, for our families? How can we be more empowered to create wellness? So that we aren't vulnerable to things like COVID or just the flu, you know, yes. how do we reclaim our neighborhoods and, and rebuild the blocks? You know, mm-hmm. how do we balance religion with spirituality? 
You know, how do we let go of trauma? How do we find our voices? How do we figure out how to be happy? You know, how do we figure out how to have real intimacy? And I ain't talking about orgasms. I'm talking about real intimacy with Mm -hmm. your woman. Because intimacy has nothing to do with sex. No, (laughs) all those things, you know, so I wanted to create a platform to talk about those things specifically as they impact Black women and create also a platform for people to be able to see that there's a lot of professionals and there's a lot of network networking out here to be done. You know, each of the guests, one of the reasons, you know, that I plan to include every guest social media handle and business affiliations on the She Confidential website and on the podcast links is because I want people to know where to find people who can help them. Mm-hmm. Like is there's so many, like Lauren, you were talking about the bread aisle. You know, people are always worried like, oh, there's so many other people doing this. Is there room for me? Yeah, because, yeah. you know, Kathy may not want to talk to Charlene, but she mm-hmm. may see Lauren and, and think, oh my gosh, she's this, that's who's for me. You know, mm-hmm. or she may see Tiffany and say, my sister would be a great fit, you know, to work with Tiffany. There's room for all of us. And so I want to be able to like all of the work that all of you amazing women are doing. And so that was the motivation for me for the She Confidential blog and the On Her Terms podcast. Now, I didn't come up with the names. I didn't come up with the logos or anything. (laughs) Um, I worked with this amazing uh, marketing and branding company called Connect Branding based in Atlanta, and it's Black-owned, and they have been fabulous. You know, I talked to them about my vision and wanting to Mm -hmm. empower women, educate and empower women, and they took it and ran with it. So I can't take credit, you know, for developing those components, but uh, I definitely, you know, want this to be a platform, you know, that not only entertains, but really enlightens and really empowers women to identify and find that power that they have within them. So my show hasn't, by the time people watch this episode, it will be the very first episode and we'll be launching Uh, But I'll have new episodes every Tuesday. There will be 10 episodes in this first season. And you'll have the option to watch on YouTube or listen on all the major podcast streaming platforms. Or you can read the transcript on the She Confidential website. Uh, I wanted to have those read, watch, listen options because people consume content in different ways. So, you know, you can catch, catch the episodes and either of those platforms. And in addition, on the She Confidential website, I'll have additional resource links, articles, uh, bonus videos on the YouTube page. So there's so much we can do with this. And I intend to do a lot of collaboration with you two ladies because it's all related. We're really mm-hmm. all talking about the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's just our, our platforms complement one another. And mm-hmm. so I this is the first of many collaborations. I'm speaking it into existence. There will be something so grand on the horizon with the three of us because we is the time is now. It's I agree. And I know that um, my faith tells me there are no accidents, there are no coincidences, but there are divine connections. And it's so funny because my nonprofit, the Bounce Back Advocate Inc., speaks to exactly what Tiffany is talking about, which is mothers. 
Like that is my huge passion because I know that, um, like she said, being busy, you know, being stretched in all different directions and, you know, being mom, employee, boss, wife, sister, cousin, daughter, you know, at the end of the day, you need a place where you can decompress and where you can vent and where you can be pampered and loved on because a lot of us would never take the time to do it on our own. Um, so just listening to her talk about her podcast, I'm like, yep, that's right up my alley. And then everything that you said is your goals with on her terms podcast ties directly into what I'm doing with check on your strong friends. Um, my next season is all women. Um, the first season I did myself and men, but the next season is all women. And we are talking about things from women who were sexually abused when they were younger and how it's affecting their lives and their intimate relationships now to women who are corporate divas and bubbly um, and the most positive people you would ever meet, but you don't know that they've had suicide attempts and that they've been domestically abused. Um, So it's just so funny just listening to you ladies talk about your visions because they absolutely correlate with everything I have going on. I'm so proud of (laughs) y'all. Truly. It's, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm so proud of both of you and excited, like super excited. So what is, just so that the audience is clear on where to find you and when to listen, uh, Lauren, can you share your, your website, social media handles and tell us about when your new uh, podcast episodes are released and where people can listen? Absolutely. So my episodes release every Thursday. Um, I like to release around 6 o'clock p.m. because in my mind, people can listen on the ride home from work or while they're cooking dinner um, or things like that. So um, every Tuesday, 6 o'clock p.m., you can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, um, all the major streaming platforms. And you can find me on Instagram at Check On Your Strong Friends. Um, and my personal page is The Lauren Spearman. Um, So those are the places that you can find me. Um, But if you just want info about me, then my website is www.bouncebackadvocate.com. Excellent. Tiffany, and where can the audience find and listen to you? So we actually release on Thursdays as well at midnight. And I went through the same process as Lauren. When will people listen? So (laughs) thinking about busy moms, we decided to release at midnight on Thursdays because then we figured going into the weekends, that's when moms tend to have a little bit more free time or if they wanted Mm -hmm. to listen on the way to school or pick up, um, then they could do that. So um, you can catch us on all of the major platforms as well. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, um, and yeah, every every single Thursday right now. And uh, Instagram is at Bad Moms Village, and you can actually also leave us voice messages using our link that's in the bio on there. And we want people to do that because we do want it to be a village environment, and we want to mm-hmm. make sure that we are getting the questions answered that you have. So leave us messages. We love to see feedback and we have included questions already that we've gotten from people in some of the episodes. Oh, that's so awesome. I didn't know about that feature. Neat. And so make sure you all are subscribing when whatever uh, podcast platform you use, hit that subscribe button. And that way you'll get alerts whenever, you know, they release new episodes for the podcast, certainly. And 
like their social media pages so that you get the alerts as well and share, tell a friend, you know, we, we need to spread the good news and this is good news and lots more good news to come, which (laughs) makes me want to talk about 2021. So what are the goals uh, for your podcast and anything else that you want to share related to 2021? My 2021 goals are simply to dive deeper Uh, My motto going forward is the people, you know, the stories you don't. Um, So I want to have, you know, prominent business people or prominent advocates in the community. um, But I just want to dive deeper into the mental health and wellness piece so that people out there that are silently suffering can know that you can still overcome. You know, there is light at the other end of the tunnel and it's not. Uh, mental health is not just exclusive to people that are impoverished, but people at every yeah. level are experiencing those issues. So just kind of normalizing the conversation around mental health more. I hope to have a conference if COVID ever lets up, <laughs> because I'm all about in-person interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for that. Excellent. Tiffany? So I love it, Lauren. I love dive deeper. Um, so similar, Lauren, um, and similarly, what we want to do is continue to build the community of women and moms and the people in our village that support us, because it's not just for moms either. And what we want to make sure people understand is every single episode, we always ask our guests, how can people in our village support moms that may be experiencing this as well? So, um, you know, definitely, even if you're not a mom, please still listen in because it may be some information that you can provide um, to help a mom out that you know. So just continuing to build that, we too are also looking forward to the possibility of a conference. And then we have some other um, things that we will be building on the brand, um, potentially including merchandise and possibly a um, children's book series. So awesome. Awesome. Ah, so excited. Oh my gosh. All I see. So Tisha will tell y'all that's my, my sister. So my new thing with her is I tell her, girl, we just wake up every day to win. You know, Absolutely. We just wake up to win. all us, we just waking up, just winning, just just spreading the good news and just loving on each other. Even if we got to do it through the computer screen, you know, whatever. At least I can see your smiles, you know, this way with the man. I love Tisha. She is. She is awesome. And for the audience, you will get to meet Tisha next week uh, because she will be part of the discussion with uh, two men, two women. Uh, and I'll be moderating as we talk about how do we protect each other mm-hmm. as Black men nice. and women. So I'm very excited for that conversation. So that's actually going to be a two-part uh, that we'll be releasing next week. So thank you, ladies, for making time to chat. Thank you for being brave and stepping out and, and launching these podcasts. I know I haven't at this point, you know, we're recording this in advance, um, but not even having released it. You know, I'm slight, I'm nervous, but I'm more excited than anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, I know there will be trolls uh, just because some people were born to be contrary. And mm-hmm. just be forewarned, trolls. I've watched uh, Oprah. So my niece, <laughs> I'll end with this. So my niece snapped on Oprah on Instagram not too long ago. 
Uh-oh. And, you know, I, I love Oprah. I think she is so awesome. And I follow her page. And so this was when she had done that interview with some of the accusers that accused Michael Jackson of mm-hmm. molestation and sexual assault. And so lots of people were going off on Oprah about that. And I was scrolling through the feed and I it, I guess the algorithm made my niece's comment pop out because I knew her. Right. So as I was scrolling through, I saw her. She commented several times and Uh she's like, you're fake, Oprah. You're not right. And I'm like, what? what? This what we doing? We harassing Oprah now? (laughs) And so she's a diehard Michael Jackson fan. She loves Michael Jackson like I love Prince. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I understand, but I screenshotted it and I sent it to my sister, Tisha. And I'm like. Did you did you know she's going off on Oprah? And she's like, girl, you know how she is about Michael. So it's, you know, and I, I looked and I laughed. I said, you know, I probably would have done the same thing if I were her age and somebody was talking about Prince. <laughs> but there were tons of people snapping on Oprah. I didn't see her comment or respond to either one. She posted mm-hmm. some more pictures of, uh, next of her and her dogs. And so, you know, I'm I'm not going to feed the trolls. You know, mm-hmm. I will ignore it. Um, but people who are, you know, messing with the energy, oh, they'll get blocked because I don't mm-hmm. entertain that. You know, you can be disagreeable, but you can be constructive. So, Absolutely. you know, that's definitely something, you know, knowing there's a level of vulnerability when you put yourself out there like that. But my intention is not to persuade people to change, but to give information and share resources. So you Mm -hmm. you decide what's best for you based on the resources and information that's out there and really to promote, you know, the talent and, you know, and collective energy in our community. Those are my intentions, not to persuade people on how to think, but here's, here's some guidance for you. Right. Yeah. You will. So thank you, ladies, for all that you do and for chatting with me. I'm so, so, so happy and excited for for both of you. You know, there's so much work to be done. There is room for for all of us and for anyone else who's listening and thinking about, you know, launching a podcast or a blog. You know, there is there's no original idea. There's nothing that has not been done in this world. That's a good thing and a bad thing. But there's so much work that needs to be done in terms of healing and empowering our communities. And we will need every soldier because that's the revolution. It's this empowerment, spreading wellness, spreading some warmth and some love. So thank you for all that y'all do. And my name is Charlene Ketchum, your host of On Her Terms. And I will see you next time. (laughs) 